have designated it, we have uh, 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 set it aside as Vision Rally Weekend. What is Vision Rally Weekend? It is the weekend that we share about the house of God, building the house of God. I always love, I always respect, I always honor even the house of God. And when I talk about the house of God, now, yes, you know, I refer to the physical building. Last week, we talked about the church home. That is a spiritual, that is also, of course, social. But in the vision rally, all right, we, talk, we are talking and we are going to talk about even building the house of God. Although we do not have any building projects since 2013, for the past six years, you know, just to, to help us to keep in the forefront of our mind that lest we forget about the house of God. You know, so it is not just for a particular building project that we have in mind, but for us to really love the house of God, especially just like the psalmist David, you know, he has a high respect for the house of God. He loved the house of God. He wanted to be a part even of the building of the house of God. He always delighted in being in the house of God. And so there is such a high regard for the house of God. And, and uh, uh, I pray that at least in that respect, it will instill in us the desire, the respect, even for the house of God, that the Lord will continue to work mightily in his house. And so today is our vision rally. And I'd like to talk about building momentum. Everybody say momentum. Now that is a very powerful word. We are not about to we are we are not about to build a physical building tomorrow. But what we need to do right now, immediately even, is to build momentum. And momentum is very important. In every areas of our life, momentum is a very powerful force. Today, I will talk about building momentum with regard to the building of the house of God. But the following session, I would like to talk about building momentum in your life. And that is very powerful. Don't miss it because, you know, you know whether we succeed or we fail depends on what and how you understand Momentum works in your life. It will, it, will, it will propel you to great success or, on the other hand, you will continue to just dwell in mediocrity or even failures. So, momentum is very powerful. Wow, very bright. And also very bright. Let me move on to the next slide. Okay, all right. Now, momentum. All right, have you seen the... Uh, uh, have you seen that, uh, uh, what would you call this kind of thing with the balls hanging and all that? All right, you find that uh, it is a power of momentum. You just uh, uh, push one ball aside and you just uh, uh, release it and it knocks into the other balls and the end ball will just uh, also uh, 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 swing around. And so in ting-tong, ting-tong like that, you know, and there seems to be endless momentum there. It works, it works by the law of physics. You know, and uh, it's, just, it's just so cute and amazing just to watch the ball. How does it work? It is a power of momentum. And momentum is very, very important, especially also in the, in the, in the, in the area of sports. You know that momentum will, uh, is very important. It will determine whether a team succeeds or 
or, or wins the game or whether they fail. Whatever the score may be, whether it be in football or badminton or, 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 or any game, any game at all, you know, whatever the score may be, if a, if a team is highly motivated and there is a momentum going for them, they will most likely win it. If they catch on, latch on to that momentum that they have already won. But if there is no momentum at all, you'll find that, hey, before the game is over, actually, the game is already over because they have already lost that momentum. And any team that has lost that momentum can never hope to win. But even if the team is trailing by 3-1 in a, in a football game or in badminton, maybe, you know, just by one, uh, 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 by even 10 points that you have seen. But if the player or if the players are highly uh, uh, motivated and the momentum is going and they are latching on to that momentum, they can still turn the game around. But if they have already lost the momentum, you can see it in their game. It's, the game is over. And so you find that in any sports, momentum is very, very important. And in our life also, actually, we, there, there's a lot depend on momentum. All right, to understand momentum, for example, how many of you remember, you know, when you were younger, all right, there is a, what do you call that, the merry-go-round kind of thing, you know, and the old-fashioned type in the, in the park, you have to push it, right? You have to push it for a while and run around it, and after that, when it is going, you just jump on top of it, and the merry-go-round just go around and around. You don't have to push anymore. By its own momentum, it will just go around for a while. And so you find that momentum works, you see, in everyday life. For example, those of you who are very, very uh, petrol-conscious, or right, gas-conscious when you are driving the car, do you know that you can save your petrol in, 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 in a lot of ways? And one of the ways is to use the, the law of momentum. All right? If you are a person who is always pressing on the brake and for no reason, oh no, sorry, pressing on the accelerator and for no reason you press on the brake. You know, accelerator, brake, accelerator, brake. Whatever CC your car is, it will consume a lot of petrol. But if you just learn to ride on the momentum that a moving vehicle has, like a car, Actually, you just need to press a little bit only, and the car, because the momentum is there already, it will ride on its own momentum. But if you stop at a traffic light, for example, a stopping vehicle, right, you'll need a lot of force to start going. And so therefore, you have to really press on the, on the accelerator. But once it goes on, you find that it's very easy. And so in life, it works the same way as well. What is momentum? Momentum is best defined as the amount of force a moving body has because of its weight and the speed at which it is moving. Weight and speed, all right? Momentum is a force that is gained by movement, a force that is gained by movement, the ability to keep increasing or developing the impetus and driving force gained by the de development of a process or cause of events. According to Isaac Newton, momentum is the product of the mass or the weight and the velocity or the speed of an object. 
In other words, momentum equals to size times speed. Size times speed. A huge object or a huge vehicle like a ship, for example, can move very slowly. It has a certain momentum. But a small motorboat, a smaller motorboat, moving at a faster speed, actually can have the same momentum as an ocean liner. Because momentum equals to size and speed. Alright, so a small object doesn't mean has less momentum than a bigger object. It depends on the speed, the other factor. And so you find that momentum is not merely just motion. We have a lot of motion. Alright, in the church, in, the, in, the, in your house, in your, in your uh, working place, a lot of people moving around this and that, but it does not necessarily mean there is that momentum in that working place in the church. Momentum actually is the power residing in a moving object. The power that resides in a moving object. And for our purposes here, the moving object is each one of us and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we recognize the power, the law of momentum, you find that we can accomplish a great deal. One of the worst things that can ever happen in a church is when that momentum is lost. And when the church has a low morale, you find that there's no more momentum. They go through a lot of motions, but there's no momentum. There's no impetus for growth and development anymore. And it is the same in your life. Look into your own life. If you are getting nowhere, most likely it is because you have lost that momentum. Oh, at one time you were soaring high. At one time you were accomplishing great things. At one time you can think so fast. But now, everything or most of the things have died down and you wonder what happened to me. Lost momentum. John Maxwell called this the big more. Momentum. More, more. Or a short form for momentum. The big more. In his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Under the 16th law, he called the law of momentum. And he says, momentum is the leader's best friend. Every leader, if we recognize the force of momentum, is your best friend. You can learn to ride the wave and it will take us even to great heights. The big more in the, our life, we miss it. Churches that are growing, you know, they ride on that momentum. They recognize the momentum in the midst. And you can see any growing churches, you find it's because there is that momentum already. And people are attracted to momentum somehow. The big more. What happens when momentum is lost? In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10 to 11, Then Judah said, The strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. 
And our adversaries say, they will neither know nor see anything. You will come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. You know the story of Nehemiah. News came to him that the walls had broken down, the walls of Jerusalem. He went there to inspect himself. He came back, he prayed. And yes, even the king sent him to rebuild the wall. They started building with great earnestness. The people were with Nehemiah. And they started building with great earnest enthusiasm. And there was great momentum. But suddenly when they came, when we come to uh, uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, Judah said, the strength of the laborers is feeling too much rubbish and we cannot rebuild the wall. What happened? What happened? They lost the momentum. What killed that momentum? Just a short while back, they were working with great earnestness. They were praising the Lord of heaven. Finally, the wall of Jerusalem is going to go up much faster than the wall of Mexico for Donald Trump. But here it was. There are four results when we lose momentum. You lose momentum when you lose your strength. The strength of the laborers is failing. And I believe that this is not just physical strength. But it is more of the emotional drainage. The spiritual drainage. They have lost that spiritual and that emotional momentum that caused them to start with the rebuilding of the wall in the first place. It says, our strength is depleted. A sign of somebody who have lost that momentum when your strength is depleted and gone. You feel weak, you feel lethargic, uninterested, unenthusiastic. Lost momentum. You lose vision. There is so much rubbish, they say. It's too much rubbish. Hey, when did they start noticing the rubbish? The focus is supposed to be on the wall. Their perspective, their vision is the building of the wall. Look at the wall, not at the rubbish. But now they're beginning to look at the rubbish. Come on, when you go to any construction site, there will be rubbish everywhere. And yet they focus on the rubbish. One great momentum killer is when we lose our vision, why we are here. That will bust our momentum. And instead, we begin to look at everything that is not right. All the negative things, all the rubbish in the world, all the rubbish in somebody else's life, all the rubbish in the church, all the rubbish in your spouses or your children. That will surely kill any momentum in you and those around you. And then you lose your confidence. 
He says, we are not able to build a wall. We keep on hearing, oh, the walls were rebuilt in, in, in 52 days. We thought that, wow, 52 days, record time. They didn't have any problem. Hey, but at one stage, they lost the momentum and they confessed, we are not able to build a wall. They went through a hard time. Anybody who have been into building, uh, building project knows there are hard times. And there are times that you, you almost want to just surrender and walk away from the project and say, we are not able. We can't. Their lips begin to confess the wrong things. And they lost their confidence and ability. Oh, when they started, they say, let's do it. We can do it. A few chapters later, we cannot. They lost their momentum. And you lose your security as well. Our adversaries say they will kill us. In fact, the next verse, the Bible tells us, you know, they kept on repeating the same story ten times. And the Jews begin to believe their adversaries. And they were frightened for their own life. They begin to believe every accusations of the enemies. And they felt so insecure. When you lost your momentum, you begin to believe what critics say. You begin to be influenced by them. You begin to just succumb even to, to all their accusations. You begin to believe what your enemies say instead of what God is saying. What is God saying? They, they have lost that. But they could only hear what the enemies are saying. And they lost their momentum. There is another sign of lost momentum. So how do you deal? How do you regain those lost momentum in this case here? See what Nehemiah did. Verse 13, Therefore I position man. He repositioned his people. Begin to strategize, yes. And we don't know what criteria he used, how he positioned those people, certain people at, the wall, at, at this gate, certain people at this gate and all that. Maybe those who are strong, pair up with those who are weak, you know, and, and we don't know, but we won't go into the details. And then he says, I look. He began to look around. He did not see the rubbish. I, I'm sure of that. He began to look around and see what God has done, how faithful God has been already thus far, and He will carry them through. He looked at all the potential, He looked at all the resources, and above all, He looked unto God. And He said, and He arose. He arose. There was movement. Perhaps among His people, they were just lying down, sitting down, giving up already. He was the only one, perhaps, who was still walking around. He arose. There was still momentum in him. He is a moving object with a force and power residing in him. And he said to the nobles, do not be afraid. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. Fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your house. God had brought. God is the one who... who who will bring their plot to nothing. 
And so every one of them returned to the wall. They begin to push up their momentum again. You cause them to regain that momentum. And they did it. Now, momentum is powerful. It can be gained, it can be lost. Depending on the speed. Which is one of the main factors when we talk about momentum. How is momentum lost? In Asia, inactive, passivity, when you are doing nothing, that's when you lose your momentum. Isaac Newton's law of inertia says, an object in motion tends to stay in motion, an object at rest tends to stay at rest. Ask your neighbor, are you in motion or are you at rest? Now, when I say in motion, it's not just physical, all right, but you know that you are moving, getting somewhere. At rest means nothing. No aim, no objective, no vision, no passion. And when a person, now this refers to object, but it refers to a person as well. In Asia, actually causes momentum, if any, to be killed or to be lost. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6 to verse 8, the Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb. Horeb. God manifested himself. Yes, God did many wonderful things. And God said, you have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go. When I was checking, all right, searching for this verse, I, I knew about this verse, but I couldn't, I couldn't locate exactly. And I just do a search, you know, on the, on the Bible, on the U version. I just put the word, I thought it was camp out. When you camp, when you, you, know, you have camp out long enough. I put the word camp, camp, C-A-M-P-E-D. Man, so many verses on camping uh, uh, came out. They camp at this place, and they camp at that place, they camp at this place, and then they move out and camp and camp and camp. Oh, there were a lot of campings actually, you know. So you find that they were actually camping in a lot of places, but in this place called Horeb, you know, it was a particularly long time. A particularly long time until God have to say what? You have dwelt long enough already. Now we don't know how long that is. But that is in Asia. That means they have not been moving for a while. And when you don't move for a while, when you don't do anything for a while, you get kind of lethargic. You lost momentum and it's very hard to pick it up again. Just like a, a stall car. Alright, you have to really press the accelerator in order for it to start uh, moving again. You have heard about soldiers in training, when they are in training. And oh yeah, everybody is tired and asks, Sergeant, Sergeant, can we, can we take a break? Yes, the Sergeant is very sympathetic, but he also recognized the law of inertia because 
And you know, if a soldier rests for 15 minutes, 30 minutes after that, to get going again is so difficult. So the sergeant may say, okay, I'll give you five minutes only. Because if you rested too long, to get going again is so, so difficult. Now understand this principle in life. Because if you are passive, you want to be active again, it takes a lot of effort. So you have to keep doing what you are doing. Keep moving, all right? So it says you have done long enough already. Come on, turn, take your journey, go. Go where? So many places, to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places, in the plain, in the mountains, in the lowland, in the south, in the sea coast, everywhere. So many places to go. God says you have rested long enough. You have dwelt long enough. Perhaps some of us, we have dwelt long enough. And God is saying, get up, go. Wherever that may be. And likewise also in Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, before they entered into the promised land, before they crossed over the river Jordan, there were three days, all right? There were three days at the other side, you know? And Joshua rose early in the morning. They set up from the Acacia uh, Grove and came to the Jordan, at the brink of the Jordan, you know? And it was after three days. Thank goodness they did not rest too long. You know, otherwise, it would be very hard for them to even encourage them to cross over and possess the land. For the same principle because of in Asia, when there's no movement, it is very hard to start moving again. So we have to recognize that even in our life. The second area of uh, a momentum buster is a lack of result. Lack of result. And whatever that you do when you... When, when you don't see the results, oh, whatever momentum that you have been having and gathering, it's very easy to lose it. And that's what happened in, in, in the case of Zechariah and also Haggai, his contemporary. All right, in Zechariah chapter 1, verse 16, the Lord has said, Therefore, thus says the Lord, I am returning to Jerusalem with mercy. I'm coming, I'm coming. All right, I'm, I'm going to visit my people in Jerusalem again. That was in desolation. That was under the Babylonian captivity. And then after, the, after that, uh, the, the Persians came in. I'm returning to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in east, says the Lord. God has his house in mind. The house of God that was destroyed by the Babylonians. And God touched the heart of even Cyrus, the Persian king, to allow Zerubbabel and Haggai and the host of others to return to Jerusalem and to rebuild Jerusalem, including the temple. And they started building, but it was just the remnant that went back. Not the whole lot of them, the remnant just went back. And they started building or rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. But after a while, they gave up. They gave up after a while. And after, that, after a while, they did not proceed with the building plan. Why? Maybe because they didn't see the results. It was slow. And the building project was put off for 17 years. Nothing was done. Until the Lord visited Zechariah and uh, the, the, the prophet, and in verse chapter 4, verse 10, 
or who has despised the day of small things? Who has despised the day of small things? They saw, you know, so few people. They saw, you know, all the effort seemed so, so, so unproductive. And, and they compared to the previous glory of the temple. And so they begin to despise and they left up the building project. That's why the Lord asks, who has despised the day of small things? What kills momentum in Asia? And lack of results. We thank the Lord for what He has done for us here in Glad Tidings. It's been a long history. The church was formed in 1963. Remember those people who, are there people who were from those days when you met in the Glad Tidings Chapel? Come on, let me see your hands. Yeah, wow, wow, it's still around, yeah? You remember those days? I cannot remember, I wasn't there. <laughs> you are blessed. You are blessed, all of you. In that small chapel there, glad. And by the way, it's not BCM Chapel, you know. You see the word there, Glad Tidings Chapel. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, great days. And then after, Lord, after that, the Lord blessed the church. In 1984, this building was built. The first building project of glad tidings. Man, what a blessing. Great rejoicing. People gave, and the church grew by leaps and bounds. And in 1997, we rented a place in State Cinema. All right? And uh, for the Chinese church, as well as for the youth church, for I think about maybe five years, or, or three to five years. And then in 2002, we bought and we purchased this property and we move in to this property. And the Lord has been with us in all these building projects. Oh, He has been so, so very faithful. Phase 1, 2002 to 2005. Building God's great house. And this is the place. We built this place here, right where we are gathered today plus Zoe House, plus Perusia. That was the first phase. And actually, it was just a simple warehouse, that's all. We didn't even build any foundation. But it's very strong, don't worry. All right? No foundation needed, you know? Thank the Lord. The Lord bless us with all the various facilities in the first phase. And we've been using them. Until right now. 2002. 17 years already. Do you know that? This building here is 17 years old. And we have seen a lot of people getting saved, baptized, you know, and a lot of things have happened. Thank God for that. And then Vision Center Phase 2, 2009 to 2013. 2009, the church decided, yeah. The body decided we will launch into Vision Center Phase 2. And so we built, we had started building only in 2010. It took about three years, it was completed. And thank God for Vision Center Phase 2. With the various facilities and all that, 
and was completed in 2013, dedicated together with our Jubilee celebration, JAD, Jubilee, and, and, and uh, Jubilee, 50th anniversary and building dedication in the month of August. Praise the Lord for that. But for the English church, you find that we, we are still worshipping here in this place. Vision Center 2, we built, and we have to redesign the place. Because at that time, before we started building, we got news that we have to move out from Jalan Gasin. So we had to change the design a little bit, and now the design is such that, you know, we have another uh, uh, multi-purpose hall, all right, where the Chinese church can also use, although initially they were to use hall one, but they begin to grow. So some of you may ask, hey, you know, we contributed so much, but we are still in the same old place. What happened to the building? Hey, the building is there. And this is phase two, all right? We cut the phases into two. If we have built it together, then we will have a new building. But there will be other logistics problem. So we say we build phase two first, and then later phase three. And so phase two is enjoyed by the Chinese church, by the Tamil church, and by other uh, smaller groups. Uh, we have smaller halls as well. And you may say, we do not see the results. Hey, the results are there. You see, you go to the Chinese church now, I tell you they are thriving in the new hall that they have been. And they are going to reach 1,000 very soon. In fact, now they are at the 980 mark already. It is growing. Hallelujah. So don't just look at where we are right now because we face it out. The results are there. Great things are happening. There are other limitations, of course. Parking space is one of those. Do not despise the day of small things. God has brought us a long way. And though sometimes we may not see the obvious result, of course, we wanted the hall to be filled in every place. But hey, when we launched our phase two, this hall wasn't filled either. But we had the momentum. We had the desire. We had the vision. And that is what carried us through. Now we are talking about Vision Center Phase 3. Ha-ha! That's where it gets very interesting. Let me be very honest with you. Vision Center Phase 3 originally was projected to begin in 2017, but we did not. We could not. Because I find that there's no momentum. And we have stalled for a while. After 2013, we rested. We came for, it has been six years already. Came, we came. Just like the Israelites, we came for six years already. And after six years, it's kind of very hard to gather momentum again. Honestly. So recently, one pastor had a conversation with me. He's about to launch into a building project. Not a very big one, but by their numbers, it's very big. And he says, uh, he knows about our church, how we did it. You know, we put into two, phase two and phase three. He says, uh, how should I do it? You know, should I, should I build it at one time, one go, or should I phase it out in two phases like you did? 
So I told him all the pros and cons. You know? But I told him also, if you break it into two phases, one of the biggest challenges after phase one, you will lose the momentum. To gather the momentum again for phase two will not be easy. And this is exactly where, where we are right now. Because we do not see the need. We, do, oh, we have been, uh, the law in Asia is there. You know, we have not been moving. We, and, 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 and various reasons, all right? But to me, you know, I, and those were the exact words I told him. To gather momentum again will be your biggest challenge. And it has been our biggest challenge here. But I pray that even after this sharing today, we will gather that momentum again. Not because I say so, not because of anything. But because this has been what the Lord has placed upon our hearts. My time is running out already, so tighten your seatbelt. I have to go very fast now. All right. Seven ways to gain momentum in the work of the Lord. All right. And for my example here is Solomon. Solomon. All right. Behold, I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spoke to David my father. How to gain momentum again? Know your destiny. I intend, as God spoke. God has a destiny for Solomon. God has a destiny for your life. Please understand that and please believe it with all your heart. God has a destiny for glad tidings. Why God has blessed us with this property, why God has placed us right here in the heart of session 13. God has a destiny. God has a purpose. And we must not sleep upon it. But we must rise up and discover and find that destiny that God has for us. 1 Chronicles 22, 19. Now set your heart, and so see the Lord your God. Arise, build. Seek God for His direction, and we have been seeking the Lord. Let's all of us as a church begin to seek the Lord for His direction. Purpose in your heart that nothing will keep you from achieving your God birth goals. He says, set your heart. Purpose in your heart. Whatever goals that the Lord has placed upon your heart, Set it upon your heart. And I'm referring to you as well as to our church. What God has, the goals that God has given to us. Take the first step, move forward in faith, arise and build. There must be the rising up, the movement. And once the movement is there, the momentum will follow. But it must be a step of faith to build. 2 Chronicles 2, 1 and 5, and Solomon determined to build. He was determined to build. Why? Because his father, David, has set the momentum going. And he says, I intend to build, I'm determined to build as God has spoken. Determined. Make the hard choices in life. When he was determined to build, he knew there would be a lot of obstacles. He was young. He was inexperienced. And a lot of other factors, but he was determined to build. May we be determined to build. Make a commitment to finish. When he was determined to build, it includes finishing it. Brothers and sisters, we haven't finished. 
We are only on phase two. We haven't even uh, no, uh, 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 launched into phase three yet. God has done tremendous things in the past. But he has greater things for us. And invest in momentum, the movement of God. Solomon knew that it was the movement of God. And he just flows along. Brothers and sisters, let's invest in the movement of God. That's what momentum is all about. When I know that God is moving, I want to follow that momentum. I want to flow in. Even with that momentum, I want to, I want to ride on the wave of the momentum that God is giving to us as a church. Building together. Building Momentum, together we invest. Since we moved here, since we have our first building project, we thank the Lord that God has provided financially through the people. We didn't even have fundraising projects, but basically just from the pledges of the people. And we never took any bank loan. Vision Center 3. We need people of destiny, people with momentum. And I can tell you, the momentum has begun. Since our first day of building project collection up to today, I have never stopped giving to building fund. Every week, there is something that I drop into the building fund. Although we did not have any collection at all, and there are many of you who have done that. The momentum for building has begun. You know why I say that? Because I don't know exactly, I think it was this year, beginning of this year or end of last year. Those people who counted, uh, or the accounts office came to me and, and, and told me, wow, pastor, there's somebody who gave a big check for the building fund. And we did not announce anything. We did not appeal for any fund at all. I said, really? He said, yeah, it's in a bank draft, so we don't know who. So it's an anonymous giver. All right? And we did not even appeal for any fund. And I said, how much? And the person, our, our accounts office told me, two million ringgit. Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise the Lord! Two million ringgit! It is the work of God. And that's why I believe that the momentum has begun. Momentum has begun. Let's continue to build on that momentum. We have seen how God has provided for phase two. Phase three coming up. We have seen how the Lord has blessed. But as part of the work, there's more to be done, brothers and sisters even for phase three. The important thing is the movement. The movement. As we have said, momentum is a force that is gained by movement. It's so very important. Don't stop doing it. For example, what the one minute witness we have. Hey, you stop doing it, you lost the momentum, but at one time when we started it, the momentum was so powerful. Likewise, even with the building, of the house of God, I think we have come long enough already. I'm not prophesying when we are going to launch it, all right? 
It's up to the people of God. It's up to how the Lord, you know, uh, 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 touch each one of us when there is the momentum. Anything is possible. Momentum is the power residing in a moving object. And what is that moving object? It is the church, the church on the move. Glad tidings is a church on the move. So many wonderful things are happening. I don't have the time to recount all these things, but every week there are souls getting saved. Every week there are people getting healed, and, and a lot of things are happening that you may not be aware of. But we are the church on the move, and we are growing, and, the, and, and, and we have to keep on growing and believe the Lord even uh, 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 to bless us even in that area. The church on the move, that's what momentum is all about. And the movement here that we are talking about is not any uh, man-made movement, man-made wave. No, it is, it is by the Holy Spirit. Remember Zechariah that we talk about? They lost all momentum. They stopped building for 17 years until the Lord says, Zechariah and Jerubbabel, he says, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I will raise up my people again. I will energize them again. I will give them that force within that moving object. And we are the moving object, moved by the Spirit of God, moved by the power of God. Church, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's build that movement. Let's build that momentum that the Lord has started in our midst, in salvation, in worship, in prayer. A momentum has begun. Catch it. Write on it. Contribute to it. Gain momentum in everything that we do, in the ministry that you are doing. Don't lose out, but rather gain momentum. Ask God even for that momentum if it has been lost in any way. Tell your, neighbor, tell your neighbor, I've got momentum. Do you have momentum, church? I've got momentum. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And it is a GT momentum. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Shall we stand together right now?